Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and I want to thank you for joining me today in this week's episode. Today, I sit down with fellow physical therapist and author, Chad Prince. His new book, Physical Therapy Career and Salary Guide, Avoid the Income Ceiling and Put Your Career in the Fast Lane, was just released last week, so congratulations to Chad on that. And Chad is a physical therapist. He transitioned into full-time administration seven years ago. Today, he manages an orthopedic surgery practice. In his writings, he combines his years of professional business experience, his understanding of the healthcare world at large, and his personal journey of developing an actual, in real life, physical therapy product called the UE Ladder. And you can find more about Chad, his social media, his product, UE Ladder, and his book if you go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. Everything is in the show notes. We've got links for everything. So in this episode, we chat about the book. We talk about his experiences with overcoming self-doubt and self-imposed limitations and how you can do the same, unique PT opportunities to generate income outside of the traditional physical therapy realm. So think not necessarily one-on-one time with your clients, how to expand your audience globally and multiply the impact you can make, and how to get in the fast lane of healthcare innovation, and a lot more, much, much more. And I have to say, I was very honored that Chad uh, interviewed me for his book, so I'm really happy to be a part of it, and thank you, a big thank you to Chad for that. Now, um, Chad has also been so generous um, as to offer a free five-page report on PT income tips on his homepage. And again, all of that is in the show notes. So go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. You'll go uh, click on Chad's page and you can get a free five-page report on PT income tips on the homepage. So I want to, uh, I really want to thank Chad for that. That was really nice of him. So uh, before we get going here, I just want to thank audible.com for sponsoring this podcast. So if you want to get a free month and a free download of about 180,000 books, then go to audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart, and you can get your free month and free download. They've got tons of books, anything you can think of. I just downloaded like three books. They're all ready to go in my queue. So I am really, I will talk about those books once I have listened to them, but I'm really excited. So again, if you want to grab a free month and a free download from Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart. All right. So uh, let's get to today's podcast with my guest and fellow physical therapist and author, Chad Prince. Hey, Chad. Welcome to the podcast. I am very happy to have you on. Hey, Karen. It's good to get to talk to you again. It seems like it's been a little while. What, it's been a couple of months since we talked the last time? Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that was for your upcoming book, or I shouldn't say upcoming, for your now published book, Physical Therapy Career and Salary Guide, and I'll have we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in this episode. But before we get started, I just wanted to let you talk a little bit about yourself, kind of give a little background where you, where you came from and where you're going. All right, Karen. Well, uh, first of all, I want to say thanks for for uh, 
helping me with an interview. You gave me a lot of great information. But, uh, you know, my, my career, I worked as a physical therapist for 10 years and had the opportunity to transition into full-time administration. And seven years ago, I became the administrator of an orthopedic surgery practice. And believe it or not, I'm not the only PT in the country doing this. There's, there's quite a few that are orthopedic surgery administrators. Uh, but I've managed this practice now for seven years. Now, along the way, I've learned a tremendous amount about business, uh, about big, large-scale business, and I've learned a lot about insurance because uh, all of that's under my, my watch. And I've learned a lot more about that than I ever did as a therapist. So, you know, in the past couple of years, kind of caught the entrepreneurial bug and uh, began to learn a whole lot about things that people are doing in entrepreneurialism and thought that I might write a book to show the different things that PTs are doing uh, in our world because it's a, it's a whole lot different place than it was when I was a PT, especially when I first got started. And, I, you know, I, I hope that um, I hope that everybody can get as excited about it as I am right now because I think that the sky's the limit right now. There's just so much opportunity for therapists. But, you know, before, before uh, you ask me anything else, did, did you see where they changed the name of the street up there in New York City uh, to Muhammad Ali Way? You know, I, I did not. I did not know that until you said something before the show um, to obviously honor Muhammad Ali. He passed away last weekend, uh, just this past weekend. Um, but I did not see that. And I know you said it's West 33rd. Yes, West 33rd. And I don't, I have no idea where that is in the city. Where is that? I, I mean, it goes, it stretches across from um, east to west. So all the way from the Hudson River across to the East River. I would assume the part of East 33rd Street is probably right by Madison Square Garden. You know, I think it is. I think yeah. it is because there was something about Madison Square Gardens in the uh, write-up. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's probably between 7th and 8th Avenue. Yeah. Uh, I didn't sense. know that people uh, referred to him as uh, GOAT or G-O-A-T, uh, greatest of all time. I'd mm. not seen that before, but mm-hmm. uh, he's a very inspirational figure and I think that one of the things that he had early on in his career is he would say things to himself he would say things like I'm the greatest and he would say it in a microphone and he he would be very intimidating his presence was just intimidating the, the posture that he took and even even before he won the title he was saying things about how he was great I love that I love that because he he was not only saying it to the world for them to believe, but he was saying it for himself to believe. I think that, I think that therapists and all of us, really, all, all the people that you know, want to accomplish anything, we need to have that kind of mindset that we're going to be real careful what we tell ourselves, that we're real careful if we're self-limiting or if we have a lot of doubts. And we've got to be careful what our, the script that goes through our head. Yeah, no, I agree because that script that goes through – your head can then become the script that leads your life and that leads you into directions that that maybe you're not supposed to go in but because you have that limiting belief about the greatness within yourself you're you kind of get stuck you know it's i always feel like it's people say oh i'm in a rut oh they're in a rut um yeah. and and it's sometimes it's hard to dig your to dig yourself out of that and and I don't know many people with the confidence of Muhammad Ali. Oh, oh um, yeah. 
but he was a he was a special person and an, uh, a figure who changed the course of of world happenings. You know, that oh, is oh. someone out up in the stratosphere even when he was here. Um, but I do think that taking lessons from him is is something that we can all use. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, early in my career when I first got out of school. The opportunities that were available for therapists, uh, really, it just seemed like the marketplace was flooded at that time. I came out in 1999, and there were no jobs. When my class graduated, when we got back together for graduation, five out of five of us out of 50 had a job. Wow. And it took a while. Uh, that was right after some uh, legislation affected the nursing home world. So, you know, the, the thought process of going and starting your own business, it just seemed so impossible. Um, the, the businesses that were existing were very large and substantial. I mean, that was in the days of Health South, and it just didn't seem like it was possible to really do your own thing. And, and I think I like to make things. I like to build things. And even early on, I was creating programs and things of that sort for other people. Uh, but I just never, ever felt like I could do it for myself. And was that because you felt it was too complicated or it would be too expensive or there wasn't a need? The or expense. The probably the biggest limiting factor for me was expense. I just felt like it was completely out of reach. Um, I was very fortunate to get out of school with, without any debt. Uh, my, my parents helped me and I had some scholarships, so I was very, very fortunate there. But I didn't have the means to go and borrow $200,000 or $300,000 to open a clinic. And that's what I thought had to happen. I thought you had to have a big clinic and lots of staff. And uh, that's all I had seen, all I had known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see other clinics and I learned other business models. And uh, I, I just never saw anything in the startup phase. Never right. saw it. Never saw it and just didn't ever think that it was a possibility. And so it wasn't a possibility for me because I I had that limiting idea. And so then what changed for you? What At what point in your career, because, you know, aside from obviously we, we talked about the book, but you also have like a physical product that you created. So what changed for you that you felt like, yeah, I think I can do these things that I didn't think were possible before? Uh, I think it's a combination of several, several things. I'm, I'm a big podcast fan. I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of books. And you start to see that there's people in all industries that are doing their own thing, starting their own businesses, finding a way to get a toehold and grow something. And, and i I kind of made a mental shift. Um, I'm sort of a technology guy. I like to stay on the cutting edge of technology. And um, I was always looking for things to buy and ways to network different things and computers. And I had a mental shift. I didn't want to be a consumer of that stuff anymore. I wanted it to be what it really truly is. I I didn't want a new laptop because it's a toy. I had a shift in my mentality. I want a new laptop because it's a tool to do something. Instead of being a consumer, I, I wanted to become a producer. Mm-hmm. And that was a a big shift for me. And then with the books that I began to read and the things that I started to learn, I started to realize, you know, this is really probably possible. It's probably possible to to start a business and to do something and to grow it. And 
Uh, along the way, I came across the four-hour work week. I came across the world is flat. I came across Perry Marshall's 80-20 sales and marketing. I came across an amazing book, MJ DeMarco and the Millionaire Fast Lane. And I, I just started to realize that not only had I self-limited what I could do, but the possibilities that are out there for us inside of physical therapy and surrounding physical therapy are huge because this is a Physical therapy is a niche business compared to the world marketplace. It's pretty small. And as a therapist, there's all kinds of opportunities that are sort of standard practice opportunities. And then you look at all the things that are the supporting industries. There's all kinds of things that people can do. And uh, just kind of changed my mentality of what could I do and what could I, what could I contribute. And so what have you found even through writing the book and through – uh, years of, of research and listening and studying, what have you found in the physical therapy industry um, that was novel and unique and that you were like, oh boy, I didn't know that could happen? Can you give some specific examples? Yeah, um, well, probably I, I got to thinking about several years ago, I got to thinking about starting a clinic and it was just an idea, it was a theory that you could probably start a clinic with just very, very low overhead, just have yourself, just run it by yourself, and you could probably make it work. Now, I, I never had the desire. At that point, I was already in full-time administration, and I enjoyed doing that work as well. I didn't have the desire to do it, but I thought in theory it would work. And then I came in contact with Aaron Labour. Uh, maybe it's Labour, mm-hmm. uh, but I came in contact with Aaron, and then uh, had a conversation with Jared Carter, and then I met you, and you know I've, I've started to realize, you know, what I was thinking wasn't just theoretical. I mean, there are people that are actually doing it, and they're successful. And uh, I, I had a a Facebook discussion with uh, another therapist, and uh, we're in, in a Facebook group with Aaron, and you know he started his clinic with 400 square feet, mm-hmm. and it's just incredibly. Uh, accessible to start that small for therapists. It doesn't require $250,000. So that was, a, that was a huge barrier for me. I didn't think I could do that. And, and now those barriers are falling away. And uh, there was a barrier in my mind. I can't, I can't do my own business. I'm going to have to not only get the money to get started, I'd have to wait on cash flow for 120 days before money started coming in. No, you just don't take insurance. It's a completely different mindset now. For, for therapists. And, you know, small practices and cash practices, those are new things relative to my career, yeah. but they've been on the scene now for a few years. So it's not like that's brand new cutting edge anymore. But at the same time, when you look at where I was in my thinking and, and where we are now, things have opened up and it's bigger just than bread and butter physical therapy. It's a lot bigger than that. But we've got to feel like we can do it. And, uh, <laughs> I still like to read and still like to listen to podcasts. Uh, do you ever listen to or have you read any of Hal Elrod's books? I have not. Okay, Hal Elrod wrote The Miracle Morning. And that is a it's a great book uh, because it's all about trying to create a routine that's going to create the best version of you. Um, Hal has what he calls SAVERS, and that's an acronym for several different words, you know, scribing and affirmations and vision and exercise, which we could all identify with. And then uh, 
there's another one. But but anyway, we would you would go through these steps, and his book describes all of these in depth. But one that really resonated with me was affirmations. Uh, you know, we, we've got to be able, just like Muhammad Ali, we've got to be able to say, I, I can do this. I can, I can create this business. I can create, just like you, I could create a podcast if, if that's what somebody wanted to do. I can create a product. I could create something that's worthwhile. Um, and you, you create what you, who you want to be and you tell yourself that. Um, go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I would even take it one step further in that. And so you sort of start out with those affirmations to help change your mindset. But then you have to start writing it down and taking action on those affirmations. Oh, yeah, you do. You do. And you, you don't just pull it out of the cloud every day. It's right. best to craft it and take the time and craft it. And, you know, an affirmation could involve a lot of different elements. Uh, spirituality, it can include family life, it can include your health and exercise, it can include your job and what you, who you want to be as a professional. Uh, but most importantly, it needs to be what do you want to give mm-hmm. and what kind of impact do you want to have on the world and who do you have to become in order to give that to the world. And you have to go ahead and believe that you're capable of that even before you can become it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that was a big thing. I think that if, if we can work on affirmations and affirming that, uh, my, my daughter's nine years old, and I started writing mirror messages to her that are little affirmations, uh, things like, I am strong but kind. Um, I... I like to be friends, but I still do my own thing. Um, I've been trying to subtly plant seeds in her. Hopefully, that will mature into her being uh, very strong and having, you know, a lot of self-confidence and starting that at an early age. Yeah, and I think that's that's really important, and especially for girls, because coming from... A, a, a woman who uh, coming from a girl, um, I think that in society, less of that is given to girls and more confidence building is given to men or given to boys. And I think it's so important to instill that into young girls and into teenagers right up, I mean, really your whole life, but especially at that young age, it's important to know that someone believes in you and that you have the ability to do what you feel is best for you. Does that make sense? I feel like a lot of times confidence is really instilled in in boys and it's, for whatever reason, not as hammered in as much for young girls, which is unfortunate. Maybe, yeah, you know, I I don't have any experience at all, uh, except having girls, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to to teach that with mine, and I, I want them to be able to think on their own and have all the confidence that it takes to succeed in in the world, no matter what they face. So, uh, I I don't know if if it's less or more in society. Perhaps it's less. I mean, but I I don't. I don't know. I just know that I, I definitely want to teach mm-hmm. mine to be as strong as they can be. Yeah, life's tough. Awesome. L- yeah. Life is life is tough, and you know, 
the confidence thing, we, here's an example. Um, if we're interacting with a patient and, and they've just had, they've got a frozen shoulder and that shoulder is painful and we know that a grade one inferior glide is going to help them have less pain, but we've got to get their arm far enough away from their body that we can get our body in there to do that inferior glide. How are we going to approach them? Are we going to approach them with you know slump position and I think this might work. You just got to let me have your arm or are we going to grab that arm? and not, I mean not grab it, but are we going to be confident in our touch are we going to be confident in our posture are we going to look that patient in the eye and say just just be relaxed i'm going to help you this is going to be easy this is going to be fine we're going to have all the confidence in the world as their therapist because all we're doing is a grade one inferior glide we can do that all day long but sometimes that kind of confidence and that body language we don't convey that when we get outside of our comfort zone but we we really need to and uh, we need to. Ha- we need to. That's what the affirmations are for: is to try to help us to build that kind of confidence. That's important in selling. That's important in contract negotiations. That's important in marketing. Uh, that's important in branding. It's important in everything that you do in business. Is to have that confidence, and it it starts deep within you, mm-hmm. and and we express it not just with our words, but my goodness, we express it with our eyes and with our face, and we express it in our posture. Uh, it, it, sh- it just shows. It just beams. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like the Amy Cuddy, right? The uh, power pose. Uh-huh. Yep, or Wonder Amy Woman. Cuddy, the Wonder Woman pose. Um, now, when you were going through and doing your research for the, for the book, what are a couple of things that surprised you? That you were like, hmm, I'm, I'm really surprised about a, B, C, or D? I was surprised at the worldwide reach that therapists within the United States can have through the internet. Um, I, was, I was surprised. Uh, I got to interview Eric Gartner with Simple Set, and simpleset.net is a really cool home exercise program. And he said that they have a huge contingency of users in Iceland. That's, that's really cool. Um, I think. Your podcast is downloaded worldwide. Uh, I, I know that um, Gene Shirokabrod, his product has sold in 10 countries, and that surprised me. You know, I just didn't appreciate the power of the Internet. I mean, I knew what it could do in the United States, and, you know, I'm no dummy. I know it reaches around the world, but I didn't think about our message reaching people in other countries. So that that was a shock. And yeah, it's it it is very interesting. I mean, just from doing this podcast, like I remember I had Sharon I've had Sharon Dunn on a couple of times and for those of you who don't know, Sharon Dunn's the president of the APTA. And what's amazing is one of my friends was like googling, I don't know, she like googled my name or something like that. And she was like, "Um, this is kind of crazy." And it was like the I think it was the Iranian Physiotherapy Association had that podcast up on their website because their association, as a lot of others do, kind of take uh, their tone from the APTA. Okay. So just when you think that no one, like, oh, no one's getting this, no one's that, people are listening in right. countries all over the world, and sure. and it is it is pretty amazing. Um. It, yeah, it's amazing. That that really is, and that kind of opens the door to uh, 
something that I think is important for therapists to realize. And I felt this in my career after after working for about 10 years. I realized that the impact that I was going to have on the world was limited by my hands. And then it was limited by how well I could train my staff to do what I wanted them to do. Because I was working in a clinic um, and, and on a small scale. Now, not that I have a huge message to share with the world, but, you know, if, if you now, now. Wanna, <laughs> if you want to do big things and you see that, yeah, you're making a difference uh, right there in your local community, but no one in the next state even has a clue who you are, then, you know, that kind of feels a little limiting. Uh, but to see this impact that people have, and it's far and wide, uh, not only just with Internet products, but there are some therapy clinics that have grown to be very, very large. Uh, that's that's very impressive, very impressive. I was impressed with um, Mike Reynolds' blog and the description of that blog and how well that's received in many different countries. Uh, that's That was very impressive. The same thing, all around the world, um, it's just there, there's a lot of therapists that are doing some things that are really, really cool. Yeah, and, and I think as a therapist, it's important to kind of look outside the box and to think outside the box and to kind of seek out people who are doing interesting things. Not that you have to do the same thing they're doing, but I think oh, yeah. it's good just to know that it's there and to know that there are possibilities um, <laughs> beyond just what you'd want, just your hands-on work. Absolutely. You said it so well. Just to know that you can. I think that that is huge for us as therapists to know, hey, this person's – look at what this person's doing. Look at what this person's doing. And since falling into this entrepreneurial uh, path, I, I, there's so many online gurus that are – they're just sharing knowledge like crazy. I, Jeff Walker's fen- phenomenal. Oh, I yeah. Love, Jeff I, Walker's good. Jeff Walker's good. Michael Hyatt's really good. Perry Marshall's really good. Uh, Russell Brunson's really good. And, and to look at the different things that these guys are doing, Pat Flynn's really good. Mm-hmm. You look at these things, and then you look around the physical therapy world, and you say, oh, look at that guy. He's doing a Jeff Walker launch. Oh, look at this guy. He's got a blog. that it's got all the same components that Michael Hyatt is teaching. And check that out. There goes something else, you know. So you mm-hmm. you see these things, and right now there's a handful of people doing it. But as you start to look ahead, you start to look in you know the next five to ten years. I think we're going to get more and more people that are adopting some of these techniques to learn yeah. to sh- share. So I, I think, think so. that the I think the opportunities for therapists right now are just abundant. But the learning curve is pretty steep. And the thing that everybody says is you got to have an email list. That's true. It's all about the list, how to grow your list. Yeah, and so when you're a therapist working in a small town and you get this vision, yeah, you want to move the world, but uh, I don't have a list. (laughs) So how do do you become a person that's got any influence? How do you become a person that's got a voice? Well, when you look at the history of some podcasters, uh, a podcast that I recommended to you, David Ralph, and he's he's phenomenal right now. He wasn't even on the scene three years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just got on the scene and just tore it up, and is doing great out of the UK, interviewing all kinds of um, 
entrepreneurs, uh, the podcast is Join Up Dots, and it's it's fun to listen to, but it, it doesn't require ten years of effort. It requires a short amount of effort, and the thing that's cool is that with the internet and the power of the internet, you have almost unlimited leverage, and so yeah. some of these. Products. Some of these products have got very low overhead and very large scale. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier the book uh, Millionaire Fast Lane. That's one of the biggest components that MJ DeMarco talks about is the fast lane. Uh, and he talks about businesses and building businesses that are fast lane as opposed to slow lane. Fast lane businesses have unlimited scale and unlimited leverage, and you create. You pour a lot of energy into this business in a short span of time, and it grows exponentially. And by and large, Karen, and, and, and we live this every day in healthcare. You know, I'm still healthcare administration. I work with doctors. I work with doctors that trade time for money, and therapists trade time for money. And that's just the nature of the beast. That's what all service industries are. And as long as we trade time for money, we are limited by our amount of time. You know, we could possibly, uh, we could possibly be fifty percent more productive. But if you're working for somebody else, being fifty percent productive is not going to get you a fifty percent raise. We all know that. And you might could work even more than that, but there's no way to ten x your work hours. It's just not possible. No, it's not possible. But with uh, online tools and with other types of businesses, still inside of physical therapy, it is possible to 10x your impact. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, how do you, ten, how do you 10x your impact? Let's say you're physical therapist in in the United States, and you right now are working strictly clinical work. Whether that be, I don't care what the clinical setting is. But you have aspirations, and you want to set out to uh, have some like passive flowing income always coming in, or ten times your income. So how can someone do that? Okay, well the ten times thing is is let's let's start with just passive income because mm-hmm. the ten times thing is yeah, really hard. Yeah, yeah. But 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 to start with, you've got to decide who's the audience going to be. Uh, is your audience going to be therapists, or is your audience going to be everybody in the world who needs therapy? Because that's a completely different animal. And how are you going to reach that audience? Um, where, do the, where does that herd of people go to the watering trough? How can you get to that audience and, and have a voice there? So you need to think through those things. And really, more before you get to the how and the what, you need to think about why. Because you can have a what and you can have a how – but unless your heart's in it, you know, there's people that make millions of dollars and then take their life. I mean, it's a sad, sad commentary, but, I mean, we lost Robin Williams. I mean, the man is the funniest man alive. Everybody loved him, and he, he, he passed away in a very tragic way. Uh, I mean, so it's, it's a testimony. I mean, probably there's some disease process there that's going on that affects his life. It's just hard to say. But also, it's, it just talks about – it shows us that we have to know why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, so it's very important to understand your why. That gets back to our affirmations. But then to know what to do, what, what audience you're going to go for. How are you going to reach that audience? How do you establish your credibility to that audience? Are you going to um, work for years to establish certifications so that therapists listen to what you have to say? I mean, that is certainly a way to go about it. Um, 
or you're going to find some niche topic that is going to apply to patients that need physical therapy? And can you provide education in such a way with a type of marketing in such a way that people listen to you first because that's who they find? I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do. Uh, you just have to decide what it is that you're wanting to accomplish. You know, what, what are your strengths? What's your background? Is your background in computer programming? Uh, would it be as some type of an app or a home exercise type program? Is your, is your background in public speaking? And are you going to be doing more talking and lecturing or some other type of uh, public event, whether it's a live webinar or something else? Uh, wh- what is it that you have to offer? Those are all things that you need to consider when you start looking at, at what's out there. And, and I'm just kind of throwing stuff out, but let me give you some examples. Um, Sean Sumner is a best-selling Amazon author, and he wanted to write a book. He actually he wrote one or two that didn't do that well, and then he decided he was going to write a book about what he knows. Well, the guy's an OCS, and he works in a spine center. So he wrote about low back pain. And he wrote a really nice book on low back pain. And it's the number one seller in the physical therapy category and has been for a long time. Well, that book is not for physical therapists, although physical therapists could go read it. That book's for patients. And he has a passive income stream coming from that book and a couple more that he's written. So, you know, what are, what are our goals and who do you want to target and how are we going to reach them? Another thing that's important to know, especially when you ask the question, your original question, how do you 10x your income? If you're going to offer something like this, how valuable is it? In order to have the largest income, this is a Tony Robbins statement, of, and I, I'm guessing I can't even begin to quote it. But you have to provide the biggest impact to the most people. Well, if, if you're selling hamburgers, you're going to have to sell 50 million of them to have a huge, huge impact because you're going to make a quarter a piece on them, hopefully, maybe even less than that. But if you're selling a product that is $1,000 a pop, then if you sell 10,000 of them, then you know, that's a million dollars. So how valuable is what you're selling and what you have to offer? Okay, so here's another example. Um, there's the therapist that's... Uh, fairly well-known in the physical therapy world. His name's Chad Madden, and I, I did not get to interview Chad, but Chad does some uh, teaching on how to market and utilize direct access without physician referrals. He's got a very, very cool uh, program for that. It, it utilizes some Jeff Walker techniques. It utilizes some other techniques for platform building. Uh, he's got a, a very nice sales funnel that he's built, sort of a, a Russell Brunson type. Well, not Russell Brunson, but it's a, a sales funnel to get you into that funnel and teach it to you. And, and what he's offering is a way to increase the revenue of a practice by six figures. Okay, so he's... He, asks a high price for that content because that is going to provide a tremendous amount of value. So, you know, you have to think what is it that you're going to offer and what's the value of that? And, you know, to 10x your your impact, you have to look for those leverage points. And, you know, can you reach massive scale or can you have a very high value product that you offer? And then, you know, can you do it in a way that feels ethical and, and sound and that you're doing things that are above board and that all of us as physical therapists would approve of. 
Yeah, absolutely. So just to kind of review, so (laughs) I've been taking notes here. So just to review for everyone, um, if you are looking, kind of thinking outside the box and, and wondering, how can I add to what I'm already doing as a physical therapist is first uh, know what your why is, then who your audience is. And I feel like I talked about this before, and that's kind of finding your ideal client. And, and in order to do that, I think you have to write, just write a full narrative on who this person is. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it could be pages and pages long, everything from what they do for a living Man or woman? Do they have kids? Where do they shop? What do they like to read? What do they like to watch on TV? Where do they hang out? Where do they, you know, everything. Yeah, create your own avatar. Yeah, yeah. And then then figure out how to reach them. So if you wrote a pretty uh, solid client outline, you know where to reach them because you have an idea of where they go, what they do, what they read. Um, establish your credibility, and there are tons of credibility markers um, that I don't want to take away from this podcast. Let's just say there's lots of credibility markers. I may even do a blog post about it, but go ahead. Well, well, let's just say this about that. Depending on who you're trying to reach, PT is enough credibility. Yes, yes, yes. No, you're right. For, for the, for the most part, having a, having a degree, having a physical therapy degree is a great credibility marker. Also being part of an association is a good credibility marker. Being on a on a board, having published work, having, you know, uh, an audience, being knowing that you've treated x amount of people, you know, throwing in kind of numbers, especially when you're pitching to um, people outside of the PT world. Those things oh, are yeah. very important. That's what people want to know. Yeah, That's they want to know that they want to know that when they're listening to you, they can believe mm-hmm. what you're saying and yeah. that you really know what you're talking about. And we get back to that confidence thing again. You know, I am a, I know I'm, I'm sort of a, I used to be a disc model fanatic and I know that I'm a conscientious person, very conscientious. And so I have seen myself waffle when I was 99% sure of something because I wasn't 100% sure. Well, when you convey that to a large audience, you just lost them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't want to be overconfident, but you, you can't be underconfident either. You sell yourself short in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely. And then and it kind of takes away from that credibility. So yes. establishing your credibility, then figuring out what your strengths are, which is a great activity to do. Um, how valuable is your product? Look for leverage points that are, of course, ethical and follow your state practice acts and that align with the APTA, um, I think is also very important because nobody, like, we don't want to be doing, like, any shady business <laughs> at all because then I, I feel like that just reflects poorly onto the profession as a whole. Right, right. Yeah, I think that... Inside of what you just said, I think there are established boundaries that sometimes can be challenged and that medicine changes and and morphs over time. And so I think that when you look at the entrepreneurial world, there are people that are pushing boundaries very hard. Mm -hmm. And when there's pushback, you know you've hit one. Uh, And sometimes you don't find those boundaries until you push. So I I think that um, staying inside of that shell 
of that comfort zone of what's accepted, uh, that may be a limiting factor. Now, I'm, I'm not I'm not condoning unethical activity. That's not what I'm saying. I just think that we've got to we got to open our eyes to what's going on in medicine. Here's oh, yeah, one, absolutely. Yeah. Here's one thing I know that's out there, and and we we all know it's true. Uh, there are surgeons that are known to cut fast. I mean, if you go to them with a shoulder problem, you're going to end up with a shoulder surgery, just like that. And and there are therapists that are known for billing six units a visit, you know. And, and so we all know what the norms are, but within this spectrum, there's all kinds of ranges. I, I just I just think that we've got to we've got to look at the big big picture, and then we also have to understand what's happening with technology. There's some stuff coming down the pike that's going to change everything. And physical therapy will change. When we, uh, if you look into the future 10 years, if you, especially if you look in the future 20 years, physical therapy and the practice of physical therapy will be very different. Not so much because the hands-on care is going to be different. That will be the same. But the, the reach of the Internet is going to be very different. Yeah, and, and you're seeing more and more of um, telehealth. and Yes. Uh, which I think is, is a big game changer. And a lot of different apps. Uh, that I know I utilize because I do home health, so it makes my job a little bit easier. Um, and, and a lot of, I think, future innovations that you certainly can't close yourself off to, right. um, that you really have to embrace, I think, in order to keep moving forward in, in your career. You have to be on top of things. If not, you're going to get left behind. You do, and I think you said it well. I, th- I think that we've got to look ahead at the changes that are coming and how that can positively affect the profession. And then if we can embrace those in a way that's positive and healthy for the profession and also healthy for our patients, uh, that that's ultimately going to be the sweet spot for us all. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, I, you know, I, I definitely look forward to to what healthcare and innovation and technology have to offer because I think um, – the sky's the limit, especially in physical therapy. I mean, I, you're seeing more and more therapists doing some pretty cool things. And I, I just think that the blending of technology and physical therapy um, is going to be, I think it's going to be pretty special. I think so. And you know what I think is going to drive it the most is I think it's going to be cash physical therapy that drives it the most. Because when we get outside of the fact that the insurance company will or will not pay for something, then we can actually tell someone what our service is worth and be paid what it's worth. Then that's going to change everything. We're going to uh, be forced to go through a radical change in how we deliver uh, content to our patients. And people are going to want only the hands-on portion in person. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to change tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. And now let's get to a little, let's talk a little bit about the book. Okay. So the book is entitled Physical Therapy Career and Salary Guide, Avoiding the Income Ceiling and Putting Your Career in the Fast Lane. So what can people expect from reading this book? Break it down. Okay, well, if you, if you look at... It's all about expectations, right? Right, right, right. Well, therapists are going to pick this book up from all different points in their career. Uh, maybe in therapy school now, maybe folks are right out of school or just a few years of experience, or maybe they've got lots of experience. So I tried to create different sections of the book to uh, highlight different components of physical therapy. 
there's information about new grads. There's information about negotiating salaries straight out of school. There's some information about maximizing your income in the first five years of practice and how uh, to ne- renegotiate perhaps or to have, go through job changes. And, and then I spend a lot of time talking about the income ceiling. And I talk to therapist after therapist after therapist that just, just confirms that that's there when you work for other when you work for someone else, you reach a point where they're not going to pay you anymore. And the reason is they don't have to. They can go hire somebody else with less experience and pay them less to do the same job. And so we, we cap out somewhere around 10 years, and that's the income ceiling that we talk about avoiding. And then uh, the, the book's got a lot of description about uh, the fast lane and the slow lane. This, uh, we, we haven't talked about it today that much, but the slow lane is trading time for money and anticipating working for 40 years and socking away money in the stock market, hoping that it's going to create a wonderful retirement. Well, I don't know about you, but all the money that I've set aside in my career is just about the same amount that I've put aside. It, it just We've had a couple of stock market crashes and uh, – I haven't had 17 years of compounding interest, not really. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I'm a little concerned about that myself. And then when you start looking at the slow lane and what it can bring, the, the converse of that, of course, is the fast lane. And we've talked some about that. And then uh, I looked at uh, or we discuss in the book many different techniques that therapists do, different things that people could do inside of the standard physical therapy model. Uh, having clinics, uh, whether that be a solo clinic or a uh, independent clinic or a, a rehab contract company, all of those things are sort of standard. And then the supporting industries, which are education, which are books, whether that be to patients or to uh, therapists, or whether that's a product or uh, like Heidi Jananga with WebPT, mm-hmm. some type of software. Uh, Heidi provided a wonderful interview in the book. Uh, so there's Things like that that are opportunities, and I talked about the pros and cons and the strengths and weaknesses, and, the, and I tried to give a lot of scores so that people could look at each different avenue and say, okay, this is where I want to get in my life, and uh, which, which ladder is going to take me there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so looking at those alternative methods for income generation and being able to look at the pros and cons and say, hmm, I think maybe this might be for me more so than than this, and right. being able to kind of focus in on that, and perhaps so perhaps a book might spark a little uh, entrepreneurial spirit and and give some ideas to people who are trying to figure out what path they want to go in. Absolutely, I mean for me, uh, I know that I don't want to own my own clinic. I've, I've been out of day to day physical therapy care for seven years now. I, I don't want to. I mean, I, I loved physical therapy and loved my career, but I don't want to go back into that at this stage. I've, I've had too many years of building programs and, and building processes and managing, and, and so I, I don't want that. I wanted something that was more passive once it was built than it could be passive and, and kind of take care of itself. That being said, uh, it's easier sometimes to experience high levels of income in one location if you can have a lot of success, if you can build a very solid practice. Uh, you know, f- with physical therapy, you have a pretty big shovel to dig with right there in your own backyard. And there are plenty of therapists that 
have seven figure salaries with one or two clinics that are very strong clinics in you know small geographic areas it it's very hard to have a very large income when you're selling small products and small bite-sized pieces all across the country and all across the world but it's a different animal uh, once you once you reach the limits of your geographic location, whether that's by the volume uh, that you can get or the size of your community or something like that, you're, you're limited. With some of the other paths that you can take, there's almost no scale. I mean, there's almost no limit. Uh, but it, it's not instant. It's not instant. So, you know, if you, if you want to if, if you want to see um, how quickly you can get to six figures in income, you can do it pretty quickly owning a physical therapy practice and running it well. And it's got to be in the right location and all of those things have got to get into the mix. It can take a long, long time in the product world to get to that scale. But it can also expand beyond that mm-hmm. uh, depending on what product you're selling and, and your margins. And you just have a whole lot of different tools at your disposal besides just – and I, I go back to it, but trading time for dollars. When that, that's what physical therapy is. It's trading time for dollars. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a wonderful profession, but there's just limits on how far it can take you. Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I think that there's a lot – I think PTs are very well positioned to go in a lot of different directions. And, and hopefully, you know, after listening to this podcast, reading through the book, and and I think we'll have links to the people that you had mentioned um, in the podcast. But I would encourage people to check out some of those links. I mean, they're not a lot of them weren't PTs, and it's it's good to kind of uh, see what people are doing in other industries and how you can bring that into your own. I think that is the name of the game going forward. The name of the game is to master two or three individual areas of knowledge and then integrate those in a way that makes you the authority. Uh, for instance, with a, a, a mastery of physical therapy, which any therapist that's practiced for just a few years would have a mastery of physical therapy body of knowledge for the, for the most part. I mean, yeah, there are experts, but for the most part, a mastery of that. And then also some mastery of some other area, whether that be computer programming or writing books or platform building or something else. You can blend those two things, especially then if you pick up one more, which for all of us will be sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. For all of us, that that component is going to be huge. If if you don't know how to write sales copy, if you're afraid to sell, then you, you know, that's you're going to have a hard future trying to be an entrepreneur. But sales and marketing is very, very important. So if we can get mastery of three or four of these areas and bring it all into our wheelhouse, then my goodness, the sky's the limit. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And on that note, we're kind of running short on time. But where can people find more information about you and about the book? Well, my, my physical therapy product website is ueladder.com, and then there's a link, and you can put it in the show notes, but it's ueladder.com slash pages slash PT book, and that gives information about the book and will have uh, links to the book as well as to bonus materials, and I've got the interviews, the full interviews that are available and some uh, some bonus materials. For instance, I put together a a list of references for a five-year growth plan. If someone wanted to get started and just wanted to scour the internet to try to find, you know, wh- where can I learn about a lot of different things? 
I put together a long list of different resources and books that helped me. And, uh, you know, some of that material, of course, is, is carrying your courses, uh, which I think are very valuable, as well as the courses and materials of the other people that are in the book. So um, all of that's available at that website. Very cool. And you also have, um, for listeners, and, and again, I'll have the link uh, on the Healthy, Wealthy, Smart uh, podcast at HealthyWealthySmart.com website is a five-page free report on PT income tips. So thank you for that. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I hope folks will get some value from that. Yeah, yeah. And that'll, so you just head over to the website and uh, you'll be able to get the link to get your free five page uh, report on PT income tips from Chad. So that is something that you all can look forward to. Um, and before we sign off, is there uh, anything, I, how would you like to kind of wrap everything up? Mm, well, let's go back where we started. You know, where we started was with Muhammad Ali, and he just passed away. And, you know, he was very well known in, in what he believed and what he did and the icon that he was. Uh, but I think that when you look at the, the things that he said and the things that he thought, uh, he said, I am the greatest. And he said it over and over and over until he became the greatest. And so for us as therapists and entrepreneurs, you know, we have to understand what our why is, why it is that we want to do something, why it is we want to have bigger impact, why it is we want to have greater income or any of those things. We've got to know our why. We've got to know the, the limits of our how, our time, money, talents, resources, support, uh, family support, uh, the limits of our spiritual support, those things. We've got to understand the limits of our how, and then we've got to know what we want to build. So if we can have a full and complete understanding of our what, why, and how, then I think just like Muhammad Ali, we can say, you know, I'm the greatest at whatever it is we want to accomplish, and we can go do it. Excellent. Well, what a wonderful way to end the show. So thanks so much, Chad, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Great stuff. And, and listen, everybody, thank you for listening, and I hope that uh, you've, you've been taking notes here. Um, so thanks, Chad. Thanks for coming on. And I will, uh, oh, and also, this is something I always forget to do. Um, are, you, are you also on social media? If people want to find you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, I, I'm at Chad Prince on Twitter. Perfect. And then I've got a, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Of course, Perfect. there's, you know, Chad Prince is not an uncommon name. I think there's a soccer player and some other uh -huh. professionals. So, uh, so but you, I'll give PT. you the links and uh, <laughs> folks can find me that way. Great. And you can I've find also got, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, look for the PT guy. Yeah, look for the PT guy. And you can find me on Twitter at Karen Litzy NYC. And don't forget to head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com to get uh, Chad's free report. And you can also get, I have a free report on there, um, how to be a great podcast guest. So uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening and for tuning in this week. Have a great week and um, stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.